This is the Iowa State Athletics Sidecast. This Sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Visit any Van Wall location today to test drive the full lineup of John Deere compact utility tractors with the power and versatility to conquer anything this season. I'm John Walters. Today's Sidecast is a visit with one of the great running backs in Iowa State history, Joe Henderson. Mike Green of the Letter Winners Club catches up with Joe, who rushed for over 2,700 yards in his Cyclone career, including back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons in 1987 and 1988. This sidecast is provided to you by the Iowa State Letter Winners Club, bridging the gap between legend and legacy by engaging in our past to invest in our future. We hope you'll enjoy this visit with Joe Henderson. Well, welcome everyone to our latest Iowa State sidecast, and we have a wonderful guest today, former Iowa State running back Joe Henderson. And Joe is without a doubt one of the greatest running backs in Iowa State history. In 1987, he was first team all Big 8. In 87 and 88, he rushed for over 1,000 yards, making him one of only nine players in school history to crack the 1,000-yard barrier twice. And he had a phenomenal career at Iowa State. And it's so great to have him as a guest and to uh, you know reminisce about his time at Iowa State. Joe Henderson, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Mike. Good to be here. Well, I tell you what, it's been a long time, and uh, I know a lot of Iowa State fans remember your exploits on the gridiron. And let's just kind of get started from the beginning. Uh, you know, you grew up in Louisville, correct? And then you uh, moved to Chicago when you were 12. When did you start getting interested in football? Oh, I think I was born interested in football. I, I, I love football ever since I can remember. Oh, you competed at Leo High School, correct? Which I is did. a part of the yep, and and that's part of the really tough Catholic league. And you know, you're all a league there. You know, at Leo High. When do you remember where you start getting noticed and you uh, like recruiting? Uh, for football scholarships. That, that's interesting. My favorite sport was track, and I got more notice for track than I did football until I broke my ankle. And then my sophomore year, my coach told me some people were looking at me for football, and so it kind of took off from there. But I really wasn't thinking about a career in football because I wanted to you know, run track, obviously. Yeah, and so like, did you get pushed toward football by your coaches then? No, nobody really pushed me. I, it was, uh, I love football. I love the game. Um, but track was just my sport, and it was a natural evolution if you had speed. Uh, well, I went to high school. In order to play where I was, you had to be in a track team. I mean, my starting receiver, flanker, myself, my quarterback, we all were sub four or fives. And so if we didn't run track, I don't know if you would have made the teams. <laughs> well, Jim Kreiner was the head coach at Iowa State at that time. What made you decide that Iowa State was the school for you to play football at? That's a fantastic question. Coach Bennett recruited me, Phil Bennett, and I, I really connected with him. I was leaning towards Arizona uh, uh, or Kentucky, and, you know, Coach Bennett was really fantastic. And on my recruiting trip, I talked to the school counselor, and, <laughs> and funny, she, uh, I don't know if it was scripted or whatever, but she told me that they, they really liked me and uh, that she had inside information that some of the starting uh, running back before me would not make the uh, the great. So okay, <laughs> okay. Now, in hindsight, I think that might have been a little script, but it worked. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. It got you. It got you to Ames, Iowa. Yeah, and you know, you didn't redshirt your first year, did you? No, I did not. I played all four years. Yeah. So like right away, you saw the field, and um, you know, as a sophomore, you started getting the ball a lot, and 
one of your big games is your sophomore year. Um, I guess you could call it a breakout game was you had 73 yards against Kansas. How much did that help your confidence moving toward your later years in, 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 in school? As far as football, I don't know if anybody could really play and compete at a college level, particularly at that time in the Big A was one of the prominent divisions. I don't know if you can be on a team and compete for a starting spot and not have confidence. My biggest challenge was staying healthy. That was always the opponent to me was health. Uh, because it's a grueling grind. It's a grind. I mean, it's it's intense. And your body takes a beating and your mind takes a beating. So I think that that was the element that I was most contentious with. Well, and I remember your senior year, and we'll we'll talk about that later as you're um, you know, I'm in this podcast, but, you know, they had a team poster featured you lifting weights. And the one thing that was so noticeable is that, you know, even at that time, you you knew the value of, taking care of your body, strength and conditioning. And I, and I think a lot of players were, weren't doing that back then. When did you like kind of decide that that was going to be important to you, that you were going to get strong, lift weights, eat right, when a lot of other people weren't doing that? I think you hit the, the nail on the head, except for the eat right, because I love my donuts and <laughs> But um Here's the thing, you're playing against the best. I mean, it's and your body is uh, is your protection in the past. And Coach Wilson, he had, you know, he, he made all these signs and he posted information about those who came before us and how they succeeded by taking care of the body. And I was also inspired by, I don't know if you remember Hershey Walker, that, that natural bodybuilding poster that he had, and that, that was pretty inspiring. Um, but I've always compared myself with, with the best. Not saying that I was, but I wanted to be like them. And I try to mimic what they did. My, my idol was Walter Payton, and he worked out in the gym like a beast. He was a model for me to follow, and I, I just tried to emulate that as, as best I could. Today's sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Van Wall Equipment and John Deere are proud to support Iowa's farmers in the field and Iowa State Athletics on the field. Well, switching back to your uh, sophomore year in 1986, when you were seeing the field a lot as running back, I'm going to bring up a game from that year, and I want your recollections from it. You're at Missouri, and you guys got a sizable lead late in the game, and Coach Kreiner sends out the field goal unit with, I believe, two seconds left to kick a field goal. What was the player's reaction when that happened? I, I, I don't know if there was a reaction. I think they were too shocked to, to react. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was been some banter back and forth in the media, and you know, Coach Kreiner that I remember was a fighter. He wasn't gonna take you no. Know, yeah, he, he was just gonna you know stand up for his players and his program. Personally, I didn't think it was necessary, but you back your coach, right? Yeah, and you know, here's the thing, Mike, and this is where I, I differentiate from a lot of people. To me, the score, regardless of what numbers on the scoreboard, is always one or zero. If you score 100 points to zero, you still only have one victory. And so you can't run up the score because you can't get more than one victory in the game. Yep. And if you look at history, how many players with a broken records who were on successful teams that didn't play the second half? You know, yeah. so when you talk about that in that perspective, yeah, we kicked the field goal. It's, it may be seen as tasteless, but in the scheme of things, it's only one loss. You yeah. can't run up the loss score. So. That's how I look at things. I it's a little bit different. How tough was that for you, Joe, and the team when, you know, and I'm trying to remember, it was like 
two games left maybe in the season when Coach Kreiner got let go. How hard was that for you to keep playing, you know, for the rest of the season with the interim coach? I think it was Chuck Banker, is that his name, right? Yeah, coach Banker, yeah. And for me, I mean, it's it's not it wasn't hard because my role didn't change. My instructions didn't change. What was impactful was the concern of next year. What's going to happen? I mean, if you remember, that was, uh, you know, the Jeff Braswell controversy. And yeah. We were on probation after that, and it was really um, the momentum, if any, that we were starting to build kind of hit a, hit a wall. And essentially, my junior year, we had to start all over. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of your junior year, Joe, what were your initial thoughts when Iowa State hired Jim Walton to be your next head coach? You know, I didn't have any. I, he didn't recruit me. I looked him up, and he had coached Gaston Green and some other players and had some success. My initial thought was I had to earn my position. We had to start over. It's He doesn't know who I am. He doesn't know squat about me and my work ethic. And uh, my thought was I'm going to make it hard for him not to play me. You kind of touched on this, Joe. Um, the team was really severely handicapped with the loss of you know, scholarships, you know, on probation. But it seemed like that group of guys in 87 and 88, your last two years, really bonded together um, because you you know you were depleted in numbers but you guys kept fighting together and it was pretty evident right away that coach Walden was going to make you a focal point of the offense right well I, I don't know if that was his plan i know that the, the rules have changed i remember back then I, if i can remember correctly you couldn't transfer you had to lose a scholarship or lose a year it was a little bit more challenging back then to transfer than it is now uh, with the portal and everything. But we talked and a few of us got together and said, what are you going to do, set a year and, a, and start over with a new coach that, that don't know you or stay where you are? And so that was the mindset, at least for me. And my thoughts, Mike, was I'm here and I'm going to work hard and it's going to be hard for this coach not to play me or not to even acknowledge who I am. And I worked, I mean, I think I worked harder than I ever worked in my life that summer just because I didn't, we, we were walking into the unknown. Well, you had a fantastic start to the 1987 season. You had 100-yard rushing efforts against Miami and you and I. But uh, I think the nation started noticing Joe Henderson in that Kansas game, a 42-28 win, and you had 226 yards rushing and a pair of touchdowns. And at the time, it was the third-best single-game rushing effort in Iowa State history. You know, what do you remember from that game? It was a slow game. I mean, it was in slow motion. A lot of plays were in slow motion for me. And I remember talking with Barry Sanders, and he, I guess for him, every game was like that. Everything moved so slowly. And that was just, I guess you call it being in the zone. But I just remember the lineman just blocked so well, and the receivers, Tom Schulting was crushing a cornerback. And and Derek DeGenero was making, I mean, it was just, everything just came into play. And it was, and I made a few bad reads, and, and I could have had more, but and I, I'm still thinking about that. I want, I want that. <laughs> but That's we, a competitor we, in you. <laughs> um, we, we we came together as a team that game. That was fun. That was in that was in Kansas. That was there. The 1987 season, you know, your first team All Big Eight, and you had 1,232 yards rushing, which was the fifth best season total in Iowa State history at the time, and you know. You were heading into your senior year, probably considered one of the best returning running backs in the nation. And the one thing that you were blessed with, Joe, is that you had some really good players on your team. 
and including the offensive line. And I know when you're uh, when you're talking about guys like Keith Sims and Gene Williams, how awesome was that for you to have two future NFL really good NFL players block for you to help you out your career? Now Keith was, I mean Keith, Keith was that. Just has presence in the huddle. You mentioned, think about this. I mean, we had 54 scholarship players, 54. Yeah. And out of that 54, my fortune was have two of me on the offensive line who were, I mean, how fortunate for me. But the confidence, I think we drew off each other. And D. Ross was in there. Yep, a great but, receiver. Yeah, and, and I think it was just that, that's that trust in each other. Uh, I remember Keith just said he, he a fan of hand behind his butt. And saying, "Just get behind me, Joe." <laughs> how do you how do you deny that? I mean, Big Keith was plowing the road for you. You got to just walk it yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, Well, you know, some of the stuff I've read, Joe, is that you uh, had some injuries going into your senior year with your toes. Is that right? And um, was that something that happened in the summer? No, it was. I think it was. Uh, I can't remember the first or second game. I ended up getting turf toe and two toes. I think a lot of turf toe happened on that field back then. <laughs> it did. It was, it was pretty phenomenal. It was concrete, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty hard. But I had it in two toes, and my options were the red shirt or medical. I don't know. They was going to sit me out, and I, yeah. I'm not going to miss a game. That's just a pride thing. And so it, it, we worked midseason, the four or five weeks. It started getting better. And then next to the last game, before the Oklahoma State game, I sprained my ankle really badly in that week of practice. And I ended up wearing a size 12 on my left shoe and 11 and a half on my right shoe. Oh, wow. Because my, <laughs> my, my ankle was swollen. I was not going to, and I was not going to come out and coach that. If you're not going to make Coach Anderson, it was a, uh, a Norm Anderson at the time. He was like, Yo, if, you're not, if you can't go, I got to put somebody else. I said, no, 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 one more play, one more play, coach. Yep. And, and so I one more played my way through the whole game. <laughs> Uh, we lost, but you know we were going against uh, Oklahoma State and Barry Sanders, and and uh, funny thing about that, I, I I was neck and neck with Barry until the third quarter. I think we had some like 130 yards apiece or whatever, and and then before you know it, he had 290 yards, and I'm like, okay, that's why he's the greatest. <laughs> For quality, comfortable, and authentic styles on Cyclone Game Days and every day, insist on authentic brand sportswear. The premium alternative gear of choice in the Midwest and across the nation. Choose authentic brand for your game day styles. Well, and and, and that was going to be one of my questions down the road, Joe. But like your last game as a Cyclone was against Oklahoma State and Barry Sanders. Yep. And that was obviously Barry Sanders' is a Heisman Trophy winning year. You had over 100 yards rushing. I think I think Barry was like about seven yards shy of 300. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen a Had you ever seen a town like that in your life? No, I, you know. Now, I'm gonna tell you about the the, the 290 yards. He didn't get that to the fourth quarter. We were neck and neck. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he had some big runs in that fourth quarter. I remember and that, that. And then I just I said, okay, well, I'm done. Um, <laughs> when he told me that he's in slow motion, the the game's in slow motion. What what he's saying is that he's moving at regular speed, but what he sees in his experience is that the players that are trying to catch him are moving in slow motion. Now, I mean, that is a phenomenal talent. And, and no, no, I haven't seen a talent like that. Uh, I played with Eric Dickerson, and he was very gifted. But my all-time favorite person to watch and, and was Barry Sanders, hands down. I always felt that your senior year in 1988 was kind of a forgotten team because you finished the year five and six, and you know, obviously going to that Oklahoma State game had a chance to have a winning record. 
And, um, you know, especially with only, what, 56 scholarships, is that what you said? Yeah, yeah 54, yeah. F 54. It really was an incredible season with a lot of a lot of really good players. And I can name some players. I mean, I'm, I'm just naming a few. You had Mike Bush, you had Marcus Robertson. You know, you had, I talk about Dennis Ross, Keith Sims, Gene Williams, yourself. Don't forget Dirty Doe. Jeff yeah. Doe was a missile. Jeff Doe, great player. Yeah, and, you know, it, I mean, that really was a really good team, wasn't it, Joe? I thought so, and and not not necessarily wins and losses of points, but just the competitiveness, which represents the spirit of of collegiate football or collegiate athletics, yeah. is to compete at a high level. You're not causing issues on the field, uh, and and that to me, you can hang your hat on. We can we can keep our heads held high because of how we played the game. Yeah, well, 1983, you know, way before you got there, Iowa started. There's their streak against Iowa State, and most of those games were were blowouts. Yeah. But in in '88, you guys went down to Kinnick, and it went right down to the final play. Yeah. And I know it was a loss, but like, what were your memories from that game? Because I mean, most of those games prior to that were were weren't even close. But you guys you guys went went toe to toe with a really really good Iowa team in Kinnick that day. Yeah, I remember that. And that's another game. I, I, there's two plays I would take back. I, you know, I remember that what they are. I can see it. But um, what we did, Mike, is my, in my opinion, my humble opinion, is that we sent a message. Uh, we sent a message to those who are being recruited after our, our senior year. Uh, we sent a message that we are doing this. We are competing with you with 54 scholarship players and the grit and guts of the Walmart yeah. players. And so beware. You know, because it's 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 going to keep coming, and they recruited Blaze Bryan and 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 then Troy and the Dar it started yeah. to pick up after that, and and I think by us staying after Coach Kleiner was fired, in my opinion, like we started building a foundation, a structure of not only competitiveness but the will to win, and I I think that's where it started in that 1987-88 year. Yeah, I totally agree. And you know, um, I bumped into Coach Wallen a couple years ago, and he told me a really funny story about that '88 game. Uh, he said that uh, the team's warming up, and there's once again there's there's only like 50 some guys on the field, and one of Coach Fry's uh, assistants went up to Coach Fry and goes, "Hey, I think Iowa State's pulling a fast one on us. They only got like half their team out there." <laughs> and supposedly Coach Fry goes up to Coach Walden, and he was kind of not really angry. He goes, "Hey, what are you doing to us? Where are your guys at?" And Coach Walden goes, "That's my team." That's all I got. <laughs> and I think he was stunned because he didn't realize, you know, how small of a team that was. Yeah. You know, it was really tiny. But you guys had, you know, like you said, you guys had a lot of a lot of toughness and grit and you just kept fighting. You know, and one game I want to talk to you about from that eighty eight season was again against Kansas, which you obviously <laughs> every time you played Kansas you had a you had a really good game. But this one was different. This one was different. You at the time became the first cyclone in school history to score five touchdowns in a game. Now that record's been equaled by by Troy Davis and Joel Lanning, but you still you still share the record, Joe. Yeah, yeah. I mean how much I mean I know that you're a humble guy and you probably don't think about stuff like that, but when that happened did you go, wow, that's that's pretty amazing? <laughs> no, I you know, I never really celebrate that success. I appreciate my efforts and what, what was accomplished. But what I what I saw is that this is what we would have been capable of had we had a full team. This is what we could have done. And for me in that game, the cool feeling I had was when Coach Norm Anderson called me out. We were like 
third or something and two on the goal line. And I was going, I could have got a six touchdown. And he put Paul Thibodeau away and then Paul scored. And I was more pumped that Paul scored. Yeah. You know, because that kid worked, I mean, Paul worked his butt off too, right? And and everybody got a chance to participate and it was a fun. The fans, you look up in the stands and the fans were going wild. Yeah, that's awesome. I wasn't, I wasn't a big celebratory type of person. I don't, I don't know if you remember that, but that, I just, that wasn't who I was. I would rather watch my teammates celebrate and, you know, and yeah. besides I was probably too tired. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Paul was a fellow Chicagoan like you. So that, that, uh, that season ended and you're all big eight again, and you rush for over a thousand yards for the second time. Yeah. And I, you know, like I talked about earlier, um, only nine players in Iowa State history have ever done that. And I'm going to name them off to you. Okay. I'm, I'm going to name them off to you. We got Mike Strawn, Dexter Green, yep. Dwayne Crutchfield, yep. Troy Davis, Darren Davis. Yep. You got Ennis Haywood, David Montgomery, and Brees Hall. That's a hell of a list. Yeah. That's a hell of a list. How does it feel to be on that list? And I, I'm I'm proud. I mean, now that I'm old and over the hill, I look back and I'm really appreciative of it. I, I think that you know, I um, I hope I've done something in my career to inspire those who followed me. And I think that when you do that, you keep building the foundation for the future. And I I hope I had a, a small brick in that that short list of players. So, on football Saturdays, our John Deere run of the game is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Nothing runs like a deer, especially when supported by the team at Van Wall Equipment the Cyclones' John Deere dealer of choice. Joe, tell me about your NFL career. You got drafted by the Saints. Did you attend camp and everything? And, and you know, how did that all play out? No, I, I was drafted by the Saints. I thought I had an effective preseason, but I ended up getting cut and then picked up by the Colts. Played two seasons with them. Subsequently, I uh, was drafted first round by the Birmingham Fire in the World League, and I played with them and then ended up going to Barcelona, playing with them for a season, ended up in the World Bowl, first one, and uh, had a pretty good experience. And then I think I think what happened to me, Mike, was my concussions caught up to me, and it's it just once you get that in your head, it's really hard to come back from. And as you see now, the big concern with concussions. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I had quite a few concussions. Um, yeah, I had, you know, I had quite a few. I was... Because I ran differently, I didn't run like I was 200 pounds. You know, you know, I'm not, I'm not afraid to play ball with anybody. But when you are running a football in the NFL and you got those linebackers, and you start to get a little tentative because you don't want to get another concussion, that's time to quit. Well, obviously, education was always very important to you, Joe. And you know, you have your doctorate in business administration now. What schools did you get your postgraduate degrees at? Uh, I got mine for uh, Howard Taft, my doctorate, and then University of Phoenix, my master's. Okay. Um, and, and and here's the thing, Mike, and I and I, and I, any young players or young kids that are, if they listen to this, I went to school because it was required to play football, and yeah. then I learned that being a student was okay too, right? And so what I my my message is if I have an opportunity just to say, hey, football sports is great, but it's such a small percentage of those that can make it post-college or post-high school even. Um, but take your take your grades seriously. Do something you like. Get good grades. Go to school. And it may not be the, the, the choice uh, career path that you take, but, man, it can open up some doors for you. Yeah. Well, it obviously opened a lot of doors for you. And tell us about your current job um, you know, with Joe Henderson and Associates in Salt Lake City. 
Mm-hmm. And um, is this where you kind of help out in your, um, it's called confidential situational management? Is that what it is? Yeah, basically what I do, Mike, is I, I work with uh, organizations and building a, a, a culture of effectiveness. And I just finished my book. It's being edited now. And we're going, I evaluate the culture. There's so many companies that really need to look at how they are treating their employees, mm-hmm. uh, leaders who are leaders because of tenure. But what I try to find is opportunities to create, like kind of referencing back to what you said about the 87, 88 team, is, is forming that bond. How can you work effectively together? Uh, how can you be productive when the, the numbers are against you? And how yep. can you produce with that? And I think that's, I learned a lot from sports. And I carry that over in my coaching sessions with some of these CEOs and leaders. Well, that's awesome, Joe. And it's been fun to watch your career. And like we talked about earlier, you're going to come back to Ames in the fall. And you haven't been back since the 1990s. A two-part question. How excited to come back to see? Because I'm telling you what, it does not look the same the last time you were here. And two, do you still follow Iowa State football religiously? You know, I don't follow religiously. I follow it. You know, I was, I was, uh, that last Iowa game, I was like tooth and nails. Uh, that was a very uh, interesting game. Yeah, um, I follow the players. Uh, I think Coach Campbell's done a wonderful job. Uh, the fans are always diehard. Um, and my concern of coming back, I hope I don't get competitive. And, and, and you know, I want to be calm and enjoy the game. I don't want to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I can I can tell you right now. I think you're going to be shocked when you. Uh, uh, see campus um, and when you do get here we can't wait to show you all the new places and um, so Joe thanks thanks so much for joining us on this on this sidecast it's been so great to you know to catch up with you on your career Mike thank you for uh, for uh, interviewing me and talking to me and, and, and I appreciate it today's sidecast was brought to you by Van Wall Equipment stop by one of their locations and learn how to farm better work smarter and play harder when you run with Van Wall and John Deere. Thanks for listening.